in the gym lately, I've actually been bumping R&B when I work out. Man, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it's some workouts. I do agree. It it deserves R&B music. Mary J be talking to me. I'm not going to lie. All I rip. What? <laughs> be Look, add more. Me too. More weight. <laughs> be happy too. Damn it. Help bring me tear, which... Ball players, what's happening? This your boy Arden here, bringing you into the first episode of the Ball Players Podcast, where the mission is simple. Okay, we're here to talk about everything that we love about the game, but more so off the court. What's been popping on your timeline? Which records are you listening to? Which drip do you really prefer to see during the pregame walk? And of course, with our special guests, we have an opportunity to learn more about their life and career in the game. And why they love it. And I'm really excited for today's episode, ball players, because this first guest, right, as I give the bio, the breakdown, when we want to talk on the court, she's a certified baller. We could go back to high school, Jordan Brand, Classic Selectee, McDonald's All-American. We want to talk college. Okay, Miss Defensive Player of the Year, helping the Baylor Bears compete. And on the pro level, shorty right here, holding down my hometown, <laughs> New York Liberty, on both ends of the floor, all WNBA rookie team. But more so, I, I'm really happy to have our guests here because you have been somebody that, in my honest opinion, I'm not just saying this because you're in front of me, I think you've represented what it means to be an athlete who is positively living on social media, right? You have active accounts. You have a positive image. You're genuinely yourself. Um, you're also doing your thing as an emerging brand ambassador. You touching all these yeah. goddamn catwalks and <laughs> cover stories and everything. And, and seriously, ball players, you're going to enjoy the conversation I got the one and only Dee Dee Richards in the building. What's up? Oh my gosh! What's up? I'm so excited to be here. First off, I'm on the first ever episode. First so ever I feel episode. Like, I feel really like I'm somebody right now. 100 percent because you are. You <laughs> absolutely are. But how you feeling? I feel good. I mean, I'm in New York. It's snowing right now, mm -hmm. so I feel good. I, this is really sleeping weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do got on a cozy fit. I got you got on a cozy fit. I, I didn't say it initially, but I peeped it. You got a cozy fit. You know, it's cozy, comfortable, and cozy. Describe, describe the fit. What we got on? Who's it by? Of course, we know the this swoosh. Is, we, we don't right, get into right. the swoosh. I about to say, I really went real casual with the Nike jumpsuit. It's raining, so I was like, I'm not trying to do too much. So I yeah. just threw on like. A Nike uh, sweatsuit, and one thing you'll always see me in is warm-ups, because I think being comfortable is, like, that's predominantly what I want to do in life. I just want to be comfortable no matter what I'm doing, no matter what that. I'm wearing, just being comfortable. And then to throw on a flannel, I mean, anybody that know me knows that a flannel is my go-to, yeah. especially in college. I wore flannels out. I would go down the street to Goodwill, yeah. grab, like, 12 of them for, like, $5. So Jeez. flannels is my thing. You know what I mean? Oh, first off, you can't forget the shoes. Do y'all yeah. see these? Yeah. Do y'all see them? Yeah. That's on period. <laughs> I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm I'm starting to get into my drip a little bit. Fair. You know, I'm in front of these cameras now and everything. You got to. And going into these events. So, you know, I got the, you know, got the G-Stars. Period. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> period. I'm on the New Balance team. New Balance wave is not bad. You feel me? You know? Urban Outfitters. No, I don't need prescription. I'm just in my... I'm just, <laughs> I'm just in my glasses bag right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? First like, you off, you had me fooled. Nah, 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 nah. Like, you know how it is. Sometimes you wear a certain accessory because you're just in the mood. Absolutely. So for me, I'm just I'm just in my glasses bag right now. I'm so not I'm going to break these out. And, you know, shout out to the homies at Visionary Society, Black Dome. They're from the crib, Westchester County, New York. This hat is, like, remarkable. I get compliments about this hat all the time. I was staring at it. I will say I was staring at it. And, and freaking... Urban Outfit. <laughs> Five years old. Urban I want to say this is from Urban. So Urban is where to go for real. Hey, please. 
deal. <laughs> I, I've spent whole money on y'all. Right. I've used Afterpay right. when I needed some things. <laughs> Hold me down. Hold me down. And if you need a bigger star than me, go to freaking Didi right there. Look, we, we got something I going. I love an urban deal. Love an urban deal. Didi, to get into the show, mm-hmm. right? I'm excited about this because this is going to be a very recurring question, ball players. I'm going to ask to our guest, right? This is a basketball show by a brand that truly loves basketball. What made you fall in love with the game of basketball? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of like little things that made me fall in love with the game. I think one was it became like something I was looking forward to. I hated sports growing up. So I would go to practice. I hated it, hated it. And then like the games would come and like we get competitive. I think that's what made me fall in love. I'm a competitive girl. I come from a competitive family. So anything that had my competitive juices flowing, I was excited. Before I was excited for like mathletes and like spelling tests. Then it became basketball games. And I was like, dad, when's my next game? Dad, when's the next tournament? Where's the next? So I think it just, I fell in love with how competitive it was, honestly. (laughs) And you, you from Texas. Man, Down Houston. South, Houston, H-Town. I got family in H-Town. Um, love is love, cream is street. Oh, Derek, a lot of memories. I, yes. I've touched road down there a few yes, times. Yes, you um, know. For you, growing up in Houston, right, I'm always interested in this because I'm, I'm a native New Yorker. I've been here my entire life. That's different. Just starting to, it is, just starting to travel across the world, mm-hmm. and I'm very interested in the regional differences and the lifestyles, right? For you as a hooper, what was it like hooping in Houston? What made it different? What made it unique? Was there some type of competition y'all had down south? Because there's Dallas. Right. Only y'all heard about that. Right. There's Austin. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you got Atlanta and all these other places. What was your upbringing like while hooping in the H-Town? It's crazy you say that because now being in New York, it was nothing like it can be. Like, mm. now that I see how New York is and how serious it is, it's like a freaking outdoor park every on every corner out Facts. here. So, it wasn't as, as competitive as out here, but I will say the rival between Houston and Dallas was serious. Like 100%. between girls, boys, like whatever it was, Houston and Dallas, they were going to compete. Um, Absolutely. And when I was growing up, I hate to admit it, Dallas was kicking our butt. <laughs> so wow, like, wow. What, what were the schools or who were the players that just held it down for Dallas? Um, Arlington Swoosh was a good little AAU team growing up. Um, I'm thinking all AAU. You had Kennedy Carter on that team who is still in the, who's in the WNBA right now. Yeah, bucket. Um, I can't think of who else I had to play because, you know, like you go up, you grow up and some people fall off. But there was a I know there's the twins that were crazy. I don't know where they are now, but there was these twins that I used to play against used to kick my butt. So I don't know. It's just Dallas was just so much more faster. They were rough. They were it was just a completely different thing. Like when you would go to Dallas, it's like, oh, damn, like I got to really put my shoes yeah. on tight today. You know, mm-hmm. It's so funny that you said that because it reminds me of up here in New York. Mm-hmm. So, again, like, even though I'm from, you know, outside of the city, Westchester County, New York, um, we hear so much about, like, the differences in the boroughs, right? Uh, right. A, a baller from Brooklyn is different than a baller from the Bronx, mm-hmm. Harlem or whatever, and Westchester. I'm from White Plains, but a White Plains hooper can be different than somebody from Yonkers and Absolutely. Show or whatever. So I'm always intrigued hearing those differences. And I want to continue going down that path because – was there ever a time frame where amongst the Texas hoop scene, outside of you, of course, pursuing your goal, that everybody everybody down there had the united goal of, hey, we need to make our area bigger? No, for sure. Like I said, growing up, Dallas was like who you would talk about. 
And I always say growing up when I started playing basketball, like I started playing basketball probably like 12. So from like 12 to 14, it was Dallas. Like I even went and played on a Dallas AAU team because that was the team that was on the um, elite circuit, the Nike circuit. So I went and played in Dallas, but it got to a point where Houston turned it up. And I want to say it was around my sophomore year of high school. I had, it was me, Alexis Morris, Chastity Patterson. Like we was just, we put it on our backs. So, all right, we about to put Houston mm-hmm. on the map. Then you had Brooke McCarty's. Mm-hmm. You had Ariel, not Ariel, that's Dallas. But like you had the Brooke McCarty's and you had everybody playing in Houston now to where it became a thing where we took it personal. It was like, nah, Dallas not about to keep bitching us. You know what I mean? Like that's really how it was. And I want to move on here, right? And I want to talk about your career as a pro. And I want to talk specifically about learning how to be a pro right because you learn how to play in high school and then of course you had a successful career at Baylor you learned how to be a top-notch college player right but being in a dub learning how to be a pro what was one of the first memories or lessons learned in fact that you was like okay I need to always remember this as long as I'm a pro ball player um you gotta play defense every single night Mm -hmm. like in college it wasn't I, I didn't tie my shoes as tight for some games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in, in the W, every single game, every single play, you got to – like it's not one good player on a, each team anymore. It's five good players mm-hmm. on each team. Like every time you might switch on – you get a switch on defense and you think you can relax, you can't. Like you got to really lock in. So I think for me, learning to be a pro was learning how to guard every position. Like I thought I was good on defense and I thought that I could, you know, guard every position. But, I mean, I've been humbled and like – I don't like to I don't like to not be the weakest link. I don't like to be the weakest link on the court. And for a minute there, I was the weakest link on defense, you know? So I'm now in off season, that's really what I'm focusing on is just getting back to my defensive principles and getting back to what I do defensively. Can it be as humbling as people can assume it to be to be like, all right, you you came from college where you was the goddamn <laughs> defensive player of the year, right? It, it's sort of like in football where Let's say with a cornerback, mm-hmm. the opposing team usually go, hey, bro right there, do not throw near him. Right. Do not target them, right? For you, you experience some of that, right? Coach is going, hey, we, we, we can't, we need to switch off Didi. We don't, we don't want Didi, you know, guarding our best player. Whereas in the pros, folks are looking at you like, oh, yeah, you dog food. Like, right. we're going to go after no, you. Right. Like, how humbling can it be? as you're going through that until you start proving to them like no you don't you don't want to go after me neither um it's like like I, it's very humbling because like like you said I was Naismith defensive player of the year growing up which means nothing all I did was put a bigger target on my back so when people started seeing me in front of them it was like oh, I gotta come at her like people think she can do this this and that you know so it it became um it became a game within a game it felt like like people were looking at me and it was all right I'm coming at her and I'm like well dang like I gotta really like lock in every single time I stepped on the court you know what I mean and it's still like that to where that's why this offseason was so important to me to like try and get back because it almost and I'm not gonna say it took my confidence away but it almost did that like it almost was like I can't say in front of nobody like what the what's going on but uh, I you're you're an athlete you go through things you go through ups and downs I'm a rookie I'm young so like I just had to understand that my time is gonna come and when it do come I hope it's the same target on my back. You know what I mean? Last basketball-related question I got for you in terms of on the court. Who was that one player in the dub that just, like, cooked you? <laughs> who was somebody that you were surprised by? Like, damn, I ain't know she or they got it like that. My boy, like, I ain't know they, they was able to give it up like that. I'm not sure 
cool. Like I, everybody is like, you know, everybody is, you got to be good to be in the WNBA. So like, absolutely. I think that for me, like I remember earlier, I said, I have to learn how to guard every position. Mm-hmm. I think when I, once I get into that little post area yeah, <laughs> and I had to, I think my rookie year, there was one play I had to, I had to get on Brittany Griner. And Scary I was, hours. I was just like, what did they expect me to do with this Done girl? For. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was baby food at one point. Pray and then. Baby. My my second one, I'm going to say, they still do it. Like this year, I mean, like 2022 and my rookie year, they kept putting me on Stewie. I'm like, <laughs> my rookie year, when I remember I was on the bench and Coach Walt, he was like, she was cooking us. She had went like for 10 straight points. Oh, he came down the bench happens. and he was like, but they're saying, they, they say you got her. And I'm like, they say I got who? And he was like, go get Stewie. I'm like. Let's do it. Like, if you if you believe, I believe. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? But I, I did well. I want to say you can go look at the game. I promise. I did well on her. Yeah. I slowed her down a little bit, but it was still like. Well is the best you can do <laughs> against Stewie. By the I way, did the best I Rihanna can Stewart, do. MVP, champ, one of the GOATs. One of the goats, we, man. We, we, hey. I think that's the most exciting part about being the W. All these people that you watch and that yep. you kind of idolize, like you now are playing against them. So it's like. I don't want to idolize you as much as I did, but, but I like, respect damn, you. <laughs> like I did, though. And that's one of the illest things, too, I got to say. And, like, I'm going to take the time to get my father's WNBA was because, again, like, I started covering the WNBA through media seven years ago. And I just remember the fact I'm like, yo, like, I grew up watching y'all. And then I had to replay some resumes. I'm like, on, on any given night, gold medalist. Any given night. night any given night. MVP. All star, you a freaking Avenger that kicked butt here. Mm-hmm. You went to Mother Russia, right? <laughs> smoked more cats, right? And you went to China the next season, killed more cats. It's like on any given night, you see literally the best in the world do what they do. So I'm I'm always appreciative for the W, and that's why I'm always a, a big fan. And I want to transition here into social media, right? At this sure. point, we we can't escape social media and sports, Absolutely. specifically basketball. And I want to get into Didi the Consumer, right? What is your favorite platform to watch content on and why? Oh, Instagram. Instagram, hands down. I think Instagram because it kind of attacks every point. You got reels, you don't got you posts. Off. Man, algorithm really has been blowing me. I don't want you to know that. The algorithm on Instagram needs to be fixed. Like whatever they 100%. did differently, they need to go back and have another meeting. Like it needs to go back to what it was because... Like I said earlier, any given night, I could be scrolling on Instagram for an hour and never see one person I follow. Facts. Like, it's all ads, all brand deals. Like, I don't want to see that every time I open Instagram, but Instagram's still, hands down, one of my favorite um, platforms. When did you realize, right, the importance of brand building for you? What was that Man, moment? I want to say the year I won national championship, my sophomore year uh, at Baylor. And mm-hmm. it was only because my hair, my hair, my puffs took off. Like, Remember that, yeah. And that was like, when that blew up, it was like shirts, um, headbands, hats. Like I had people walking around Baylor in hats with p- fake puffs on their heads. So it was stuff like that where people was, you know, growing their money and selling stuff off of me to where I was like, wait a second. My brand is making money, and it's not. I'm not making the money new. So I think that's when Hashtag I kind of NIL. So it was <laughs> on the way. And and by the way, during that time too, I I, I got to tell you, on uh, uh, my timeline, you became a few more dudes. WCW. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. It was like it was Shorty from Baylor to one. 
Man, I looked a mess at Baylor, so I thank the you. The potential, they was like, hey, you know what I mean? They was like, we could see what's going on. Man. I'm like, I just can't respect That's how really, she played. It's never, they it's like, never nah. just that. They was like, we went through the time. <laughs> <laughs> they was like we went to the timeline we saw we was saw like, we it's not just basketball court, we, we could skip the on the court looks she a champ do good some, for her do some digging on good the profile know what I mean it, it was all in and and I want to follow up with that just because right again like I was saying at the beginning of the show DD like I really think you are a really dope content creator in general man let alone I appreciate that as an athlete right what made you tap into that side of things of being a content creator because you like Didi does free reels. You care about your captions. Like, oh my God, I take captions serious. I take like, captions seriously. It's literally at the point where it's like, I, I ain't gonna lie, sometimes I forget you a hooper. I just oh, be like, yeah, you that's you the, That's honestly my point. That's really what I try I'm to right? do. You know what I mean? I try to, on my Instagram, I try and like take basketball away from me. I try mm -hmm. and become the person Didi. Like basketball, yes, it's got me so many places. I'm super grateful for basketball, but Everybody knows that version of me. And I wanted people to understand that she's a person as well. Like I wanted to be human on Instagram. And I wanted people to be able to relate to me as the human and not the basketball player. And that's when I started. That's how I, my point of view for Instagram and TikToks and Twitter became like, just be unapologetically yourself. Like continue to be authentically you and everyone's going to fall in, fall in order because everybody already likes the basketball version of you. Now they're going to know the human version of you. Amongst the players... Have you ever had those convos about how to build up your brands on socials or just talk socials in general? Um, I I don't want to say yeah, but I don't want to say no. I think everybody's trying to figure out their own thing. Um, it's still I want to say it's still fairly new. It's fairly different. Some people are trying to learn how to capitalize off of it in their own way, and as well as me. I'm still like, it's funny you say that, like you think I'm doing well. I beat myself up. Like my Instagram is not where I want it to be. I don't post enough. I don't TikTok enough. You know, I kind of stress myself out. So I take any compliment. <laughs> that no, you I, and you know what it is too? Look, as creatives, we're we're our harshest critics. Right. Like it just is what it is. We're also overly sensitive. You know Man, what I'm saying? We're, yeah. we're overly sensitive. Be easy on the comments. I probably de delete like a hundred comments on my posts because they are crazy. I had to learn to not take that to heart because yeah. I was taking it to heart. That's the fun part that's for managing ball players is that the comments are honestly hilarious. They <laughs> like I legit laugh. Like I, I like I like I swear to God on everything I love. Like I don't care if you troll anything for real. I promise you, you do not bother. <laughs> I really don't like. I literally not. I like obey. This is fighting. You're just a statistic. But <laughs> I think it's something where it's like it again. It leads to the sensitivity that we all naturally have because we're bringing something to the world. Absolutely. And I want to continue just talking about this just because again, it's like social media's relationship with the game. Uh -huh. It's just full three sixty. So where now, even when you look at the league itself, right with the WNBA a big part of its momentum, which of course is fueled by what's happening on the court by y'all, is the fact that the WNBA is starting to cook on social. Absolutely. For you, when you look at the league's handling of everything social, just in terms of promotion of the players, promotion of the matchups, whatever the case may be, how do you feel about it and what's been your favorite part of the WNBA's effort on social media? Um, I think they should pat themselves on the back, honestly. It's gotten way better, like light years better. Um, it's not its best. There's a lot of things that they can do better, I think. But I think that comes with experience. And it comes with them figuring it out. And that's what they're doing. But I think my favorite part about 
WNBA socials is that they are they're promoting people in different lights. Like I said, how my Instagram, I don't want it to just be basketball. I think the W is doing a good job at um, when I'm in fashion week, they post it. Um, when Nafisha Collier wants to do something with like the reading and she likes books, they, they promote that. So I think they are doing well because they're, like I said, humanizing all of us as individuals. And I think if they continue to do that, it'll continue to blow up. And that's what social media is about. It's just making it relatable to people. And that's what they're doing. It's all said and done and, and yes or no fashion. Is social media too much for athletes? Yes, I do think so. I think um, it becomes, it can become a distraction, one. And two, it becomes a, a job within a job. It's almost having two jobs. Like when I'm on Instagram, that's my job. Like my Instagram is my job. It pays just as much as, you know, the ball does. So I think like it gets to a point where it, it can be stress. It can be a stressor that no one ever asks for. So if you learn how to work it the right way, it's something that can benefit you, but it also can be a stressor. I want to continue the conversation on brand building because there's obviously your effort to build your own brand, mm -hmm. and then there's you helping to build the brands of others, right? And you have become, in all seriousness, an emerging brand ambassador from modeling catwalks to being on covers to whatever the case may be. How would you describe that journey so far that brands existing to new ones look at Dee Dee Richards as, hey, we need you to be a part of this movement in any capacity? Right. I think it, it becomes that I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And in any in any way that you can kind of like kind of collab with somebody, that's probably the most beautiful, the most beautiful thing you can do. Because like they gain things, you gain things, and it becomes something you can build towards. And then now we're putting in ideas and now one project turns into a bigger project. And I think that's my biggest goal um, as to why I kind of like blew up the way I did. I did a lot of things where I was like, we were doing things together and it turned into a project like that we were doing. So if you continue to do that, where you like have partnerships, man, those that's where the big, the big deals come when you start making partnerships. And then that turns into um a collaboration where it just kind of it's like a you know a snowball effect like once you start getting shit going it goes it gets bigger and then bigger and bigger and how does it feel for you right outside of you being a part of building brands as a consumer as a viewer to see brands whether it's sneakers whether it's high luxury or anything lifestyle how do you feel when you see them accurately market your fellow players the right way man that's i mean it's that's special whenever um a sneaker or whether it be like honestly i'm not gonna say sneakers because that's look that's supposed to happen with mm -hmm. basketball but say like a makeup deal mm -hmm. does something with some girl or a jewelry line we need more of those i don't even think there's enough of those because how many beautiful women you see playing basketball like a lot and like how many of us is wearing lashes and how many of us is getting our hair done and how many you know it's so many things even the tunnel fit you can go back to the tunnel yeah. fit it's so many things that people can capitalize on that they're not um and once the whenever the first person decides to kind of reach out and do that man we're gonna blow up because you can do a sew-in deal i can do bundles i can do lashes i do i wear i'm in the game wearing makeup i'm in the game wearing lip gloss you, you know are. what i mean so it's just like it's stuff like that that i feel like people aren't looking at enough. Everybody wants to give you the sneaker, the athleisure, all the stuff, but they don't want to do beauty brands. Once we start tapping into beauty and hair, man, it's going to blow up for sure. It's funny that you said that, right? Because recently I saw a post by you where you talked about how, and I'm paraphrasing here, where you was like, I just want people to understand and embrace the fact that 
I or anybody else can be a diva in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, just with the dress, we're gonna talk to movie talk, we're gonna walk the way we all there was recently something on the timeline about hey, women players talk trash too. Angel Reese. And, and we could be savages as well, right? How do you see the evolution in either thing continuing to grow in basketball to where it's truly accepted? Like, yes, you can see Dee Dee Richards wear makeup, right. whatever she wants in the court. That does not mean she's less of a baller. The same way if the next minute she wants to talk trash and bring somebody back to H-Town in that moment. Like, how can that evolution continue? Um, I think the the make the beauty side of it is evolving a lot quicker than the trash talking and us having like passion for the game is evolving. Like I feel like that sh- should definitely be quicker than the makeup one because like mm. we, I mean we play basketball just like men. Like we do all the same stuff. Like why Excellent. can't we talk? Like why is it different when we say it than when they say it? Kind of ordeal, but. It can continue to evolve in ways that, like, what we're doing. Angel Reese did a good job, like you said, in posting it and bringing awareness to it, one. And you have the, Mar- the Marina Mabrys in the world who are also going to talk. So it's, like, it's stuff like that that people are now seeing and it's now being um, publicized. It's being posted and talked about to where I think it's going to evolve a lot quicker. And if we keep posting it, it'll evolve, evolve a lot quicker. Didi, I got one more topic for us to discuss. A couple more questions in that regard. We got to talk music. We understand how big music is, right? There's always that famous quote, rappers want to be ball players, ball players want to That's be rappers. That's such a true statement. Um, for you, who is in your rotation? Who do you listen to when you're in the lab cooking up? Right. I think it's very subjective, by the way. Like, if I'm in a bad mood, it might be completely different. If I'm in a sappy mood, but, like, go-to has to be, like, little Baby, Young Boy, Future. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that's it. Oh, Dirk. Wow. Dirk? It is dirt, and maybe even Meek. I'm, I've been yeah here and there with Meek. That last now that I'm here, tough. it was that last mixtape is tough. So it needs to be on Apple Music. Needs to be on Apple Music. the Tiger sampling that, or even fire. the God's Plan remix. He yeah, he, he did. ran that. He did. Have you ever? And I realized this too. Like, I ain't gonna lie. In the gym lately, I've actually been bumping r&b when i work out man that's what i'm saying like so it's some workouts i do agree it it deserves r&b music for sure you should see me on the bench present <laughs> on that mary j you be going crazy what on mary j psycho <laughs> demon time with it. i just locked in mary j be talking to me i'm not gonna lie on a rip. what <laughs> look add more me too more weight i'm <laughs> be happy too damn it help bring me there which that's me with um. I want to say Giveon, give LMA. At- gut feeling. Gut. What? Gut feeling close. What? Oh, I gotta get my mom freaking. Now LMA be giving right. me some stuff <laughs> like make bringing back old situations. I I thought I, I thought I had my trauma from when I be in the gym. Sort of. Oh no, I playing? get that. Oh no, this new scissor. The new scissor um, is crazy Kill right Bill. now. In the gym? You get it! You get it! During the warm-up on the elliptical? Kill Bill is crazy. What? Yep, Kill that Bill feeling. Crazy. Trip. Ooh. Yep. Yep. That's, that's my stuff right there. Now you're going crazy in the weight room for sure. Hell yeah. I'll do crazy. Like the Weekends album from last year. I'm not still, mad. Still one of my favorites. Giveon, I'm sorry, I don't care. Give him his flowers. Absolutely. Give Giveon. Heartbreak anniversary, come on. I am... I am going crazy if heartbreak anniversary comes on. Absolutely. And when you think about this past year for you on the court, during the games, and practice, do you recall a specific song that just became one of your anthems? Dang it. 
Yes. Which song was it? It was definitely, I think it was Lil Baby and it was like in a minute. I think okay. That's... <laughs> okay. Okay. You say you rock with Lil Baby. No, no, so, no. I'm a Lil Baby stand. Respect. How did you feel about that album? Be honest. How do you feel about that about album? About the album? I'm going crazy on the album for sure. For sure. Even. I thought Hey. Everybody came for that fire. The one that everybody hated. I was standing by it when it dropped. I don't care if nobody said it. I think I might have stopped before Why? It's just like he. Okay, so like if you listen to the song, I don't think nobody listened to the song. Like, oh, and that here song, we go. Hey, listen to the and song. That, no, and that, no, and that song, everybody this heard the hip-hop. chorus. No, everybody heard the chorus. Like everybody just heard the chorus and thought, "What the fuck, little baby doing in the studio?" Hip-hop, you know man. what Y'all I mean? Not breaking it down, man. You got to. So like when you hear the beginning, if you hear the first verse, it's like it's little baby. He still ran that shit, and then you hear. And the part everybody hate, and that's when everybody turned it off. But you shouldn't have turned it off there because second verse went crazy. <laughs> so hey, no. Last question I got for you with music: Who is the one artist? Because you're, you're obviously a music fan. Who is the one artist you think this year is going to be on your peers' playlist? Glorilla. I respect that. Glorilla. I respect that. Glorilla's going crazy. I respect that. We're like, what she said? What's her thing? Um, I'm G to the L to the O bleak. Yeah, yep. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna lie. That's true. But I, I hope you add one more. Which one? Uh, it's a it's a lovely savior from the Bronx. She goes by the name of Ice Spice. You know what I'm saying? Right. Gangsta Boo. Mm-hmm. That new joint go crazy. You know what I'm okay. saying? That Gangsta Boo. I think I think I'm a little like I'm a little late on the Ice Spice bus. I ain't hopped on it yet. Nah, I got you. See, you know what I mean? I'm driving it. You, I, I got you. You cool for your mission? That's the homie. Ice Spice for real. Ice Spice. She got. I'm, I promise you, you could call me on this. <laughs> when we're back at Barclays in May, I'ma hear her. Come on. Honestly, come on. I'm sorry. I don't know why I never said Cardi B or any female rapper, but I got to throw in Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion, Houston's own. Like, I don't understand why I didn't say them. But, like, you got to be in Because we mood. need that new stuff from them. Honestly, I miss Cardi. I'm not going to lie. Like, thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Because, like, what's up? Stuff. But, like, you know, Meg been going through her trial. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm excited about what she's going to drop after now that that's behind her. I agree. So, Ace Town's very own. You feel me? Last question I got for you. Right, beginning of the show, I asked you what made you fall in love with the game. Right, Didi. Last question of the show, I gotta ask you, what keeps you in love with the game? Um, that is so funny you say that. For the longest, I was battling it. I was battling finding the love again. Like I was just, I was going through injuries, and it was just a lot. It was getting hard to where, like, my um, a friend of mine told me you gotta fall in love with the grind, and I think 100%. once he told me that. I I mean, I've just been in the gym. I've been in the lab. So I'm just trying to, like, find that part. And then once mm-hmm. I found that part, like, once I found the love for the grind, I think it's going to just take off. I really do. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I think that's something that is really important for the for the up-and-coming ball players. It's just, like, you always got to fall in love with the grind. You got to fall in love with the journey and just understand that, like, as long as you do what you do, you got to fall in love with it, regardless of what it is. So I'm happy that you said that. Dee Dee Richards. Thank you so much for being the first ever guest on the oh Ballplayers Podcast. This was a huge success. Ballplayers, we hope you enjoyed the gems that you heard today. Take them with you. Show the show some love. We're, we're in the lab cooking up, you feel me? We're excited about what the rest of this first season is going to do for you. Again, this is your boy Arden talking to you on behalf of Ballplayers, on behalf of 137 p.m. Love is love. Holla at your guala. Later.
Ooh. Yeah.